Our reading tonight is 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 9. 2 Kings 7, verses 3 through 9. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. You want to try this, Scott? Or Okay. Had a little crackle earlier, so um, <clears throat> we'll proceed with this uh, microphone. Uh, just uh, one other bit of uh, housekeeping, and that is, uh, I'm sure you were expecting Troy... Tonight, that's what it said in the bulletin, and this is his normal uh, Sunday to preach both services. But Troy probably heard that, as a matter of fact. You want to just try this one? We'll just do that. Troy was uh, Troy was actually playing hurt uh, this morning. Uh, he wasn't feeling well even this morning, and. Uh, and uh, got a little sicker, I understand it, as he after he made it home um, after the morning service, and so he is uh, trying to recover at home tonight. And so I'm happy to be here and and uh, fill in for him. We have each other's backs, and uh, glad to do that. But remember him in prayer, so he'll hopefully feel better soon. The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. Forty people died in the time that it took me to read that poem. Before this sermon is over, another 3,000 plus people 
will be ushered into eternity worldwide. That's about 1.8 people per second, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. That's a lot of people. Now, you can take the edge off of some of those numbers if you consider that some of those people who pass into eternity will be ready for that. They'll be prepared. But the vast majority of those people will not be. And so what of them? I'd like for you to go back in time with me. Travel back in your mind to the period of the divided kingdom. That time in the history of the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah when both of those kingdoms existed in that Palestinian area, the, the, the land of Canaan, in other words. It was a time when both of those nations were weak and good news was hard to come by. Both of the nations were weak because they were divided. The nation was a lot stronger when it was the United Kingdom during the reigns of Saul and David and Solomon. But after Solomon's death, when the kingdom split and you had Israel, the nation to the north, and Judah in the south, neither of those nations was as strong individually as they could have been collectively had they remained together. But it was that period, nonetheless, they were divided and both of those nations often found themselves under attack from other nations. Well, as we open up what we know as 2 Kings chapter 7, we're reading about a time in which the northern kingdom of Israel was under one of these attacks. The nation of Syria had come into the nation of Israel and had laid siege to their capital city of Samaria. And the siege had gone on for so long that food had become scarce. Now picture in your mind what is happening. Samaria, of course, as all great cities were at that time, uh, was surrounded by a wall. That was their major defense against attack, was a large city wall. And the Syrian armies had come and had encamped around the walls of the city of Samaria. And so no one from the outside was going to get into the city. And no one in the city was going to get out of it and pass by the Syrian army. They had laid siege to the city and food had become scarce. So scarce had the food become that we read in 2 Kings chapter 6 that the people, some of them, had begun to resort to cannibalism. You can read in 2 Kings 6, verses 24 through 29, about two women who had agreed, believe it or not, to eat each other's children on successive days. That's how bad it had become. People were dying. And among those who were suffering were four men who had leprosy. Now, they were suffering in more than one way. Obviously, they were suffering because they had this terrible disease. Leprosy was awful. 
And in its extreme stages, you could even lose uh, parts of your body. Fingers and toes and hands and feet could fall from the body just by rotting off because of this terrible, awful disease. Well, they had leprosy, number one, but they were also suffering from the famine too. But another thing to keep in mind about these lepers is their location. Because they had leprosy, which was a disease that could be passed along to others through physical contact, they were kept outside the city walls. They couldn't live in the city because they would spread their disease. So picture in your mind, you have the city walls and all of the people inside the city that are starving for food. Outside, you have the Syrian armies who have encamped against the city and encircled it. Well, somewhere between these Syrian army camps and the city walls were these four men who had leprosy. They were kind of right in between. And if there was anybody that needed some good news, it was those people and those lepers in particular. Well, they would ultimately get their good news. And that's what we want to look at tonight. And first of all, we're going to look at desperation. Because that's the state that these men found themselves in. Notice in 2 Kings 7, verses 3 and 4, how these men discuss their circumstances. And they look at each other and they're talking about their their condition and they say at the end of verse 3, why are we sitting here until we die? And as they continue to talk about their options, they come to realize that they really have only one. They say, if we go into the city, the famine is in the city and we'll die there. So going into the city wasn't going to help them. And they say, but if we sit here, we die too. If we don't do anything, we're going to die. And so they reasoned that their only hope of survival, slim though it was, was to go to the Syrian army camp and throw themselves at the mercy of the Syrians, hoping that perhaps the Syrians might take pity on them and give them some food and spare their lives. Syrians, of course, didn't owe them anything. There was no guarantee that the Syrians were going to help them. But that was their only sliver of hope, was to go to the Syrian camp. And it's interesting to me that they say at the end of verse 4, If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they don't, we'll just die which is what was going to happen to them if they stayed where they were anyway. Now, that's desperation if I've ever heard of desperation. But what I want to do tonight is make some spiritual applications that come out of this event. And when we talk about desperation, spiritually speaking, There are people in our world today that are starving. 
And yes, there are people who are starving with physical hunger, and I'm, I'm certainly not minimizing that. But there are people who are starving and suffering from a disease that is far worse than leprosy. It's people who are suffering from the disease of sin. And they're starving for things that only God can provide them. This is a spiritual starvation that I'm speaking of. People who are destitute of blessings that can only be found in Christ. Salvation. Forgiveness. Peace. Real joy. Stability. Purpose. These are things that people in our world, many of them, realize they don't have. And they want it. They don't know where to find it. The Bible says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of people. Solomon said that, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. God has placed eternity in our hearts. There is a component part of our being that is eternal, that longs to be nourished, that needs attention. Just like our physical bodies need to be nourished in order for them to not just survive but to thrive, so do our spirits. That inner part of us also needs to be nourished. It needs to be fed. And if it's not fed, it too will die. We were created for the purpose of seeking God, according to Paul, Acts 17, verse 27. And so there are people in our world who recognize that their lives are not complete. They recognize that something's missing. That in all of their pursuits of worldly things and, and physical pleasures and all of the things like that, that they're not actually getting the thing that they're really looking for. They're not finding the, the, the something that's going to complete them and fulfill their, fulfill their lives, but they don't know what that something is. And they don't know where to look for it. And that's why a lot of people turn to things like drugs to try to find something that will fulfill their lives, something that will fill that void that they know is there. Maybe they'll turn to, uh, to, to money, just pour themselves into pursuing financial gain thinking that, that perhaps if they just have enough money or enough stuff, that that will fill that empty spot in their hearts. Some turn to physical pleasure. Let me just do whatever it is that brings me some kind of instant physical gratification, thinking that that's going to fill the void. People are looking for it in a lot of different places, but they're not finding what they're looking for. Because none of those things can satisfy what they really need. No peace, no joy, no purpose, certainly no salvation, just more emptiness. That's desperation too. But we read further in verses 5 through 8. And we move, thankfully, in this story from desperation to discovery. Because these lepers decide, okay, we're going to turn ourselves over to the Syrians. 
And so they do that. They, they go up to the Syrian camp. And they get there, and lo and behold, the camp has been deserted. There's nobody there. There are no people there. All the stuff is there, but no armies, no people. What nobody knew, and the writer of 2 Kings tells us, is that at some point before those lepers went over there, God had caused the Syrians to hear the noise of horses and chariots. You know, the Bible contains the record of a lot of interesting miracles. This, to me, is one of the most interesting. God affected their hearing in a way where all of these armies that were encircling the, the city of Samaria believed that they were hearing other armies approaching. The sound of chariots and horses. And they jumped to the conclusion, the false conclusion that the Egyptians and the Hittites, specifically, had gotten in league together and they were coming after them. And they didn't want any part of that fight. And so the Syrians just up and left. They ran off. They left everything behind and ran for their lives. And so these lepers show up and here's food and clothing, wealth, all unprotected. And so, as you might expect, they just dive in. And they begin to gorge themselves on the things that they needed, specifically and most importantly, food, to survive. They went from desperation to discovery. Now let's make an application. Haven't we? Weren't we, if you are a member of the body of Christ tonight, if you are a Christian, wasn't there a time in your life when you were spiritually destitute? When you were without the things that you needed to be right with God? When you were without salvation and without peace and without joy and without hope? And then at some point in your life you came to find the Lord? who provided you salvation and peace and joy and hope and stability and purpose? Haven't we as Christians found a wealth of spiritual nourishment? The bread of life, John 6, 35. Living water, John 4, verse 10. If you're a member of the body of Christ tonight, your starvation is over. And if we may carry out the analogy, we have gorged ourselves on all of those spiritual blessings that are at our disposal in the body of Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says all spiritual blessings are in Christ, including redemption in Christ. Ephesians 1.7 Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.39 Eternal life is in His Son. 1 John 5, verse 11. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. And the salvation that is in Christ. 2 Timothy 2, verse 10. We could go through a long list of things that the Bible refers to as blessings that are in Christ, that are a part of His body, His church. 
if you are a part of that body, then all of those things and many more belong to you. And you enjoy them and I enjoy them every day that we live. So we've gone from desperation to discovery. Now let's move to responsibility. Back to 2 Kings 7. Now we're in verses 9 through 11. As these lepers were eating all of that Syrian food, something started eating them. We call it conscience. Something was eating at them. They thought about their countrymen. They thought about the starvation inside the city walls. Did they know about the cannibalism? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe news got out to them. But they knew that the famine was in the city. They knew people were suffering in the city. They knew that much. And so they say to themselves in verse number 9, We are not doing right. This is a day of good news. Yet we remain silent. And if we continue to remain silent, they go on to say, surely some punishment will come upon us. In other words, if we stay out here ourselves and we keep all of this for ourselves and people find out, they're not going to be real happy about that. And so we need to take this good news into the city. And so they say, let's go and tell the king so that others can come and enjoy what we have discovered ourselves. And so they did exactly that. Can you see where we're headed? See, the tragic thing is, it's at this point where the similarities often come to an end. And when I think about that in my own life, It disturbs me. It convicts me. Because there is a whole world of people outside these doors, outside these walls. And how many of us, and please know I'm including myself in this, how many of us continue to gorge on blessings that God offers us in Christ. And make no mistake about it, God wants us to take advantage of those things. He gives them to us freely. And He wants for us to enjoy them. But how many of us continue to enjoy all of those blessings that are ours in Christ, and yet we eat silently and offer it to no one else? You know, the only way that the people in the city of Samaria were going to learn about the food that was available was if that information came from the ones who had already eaten. They weren't going to go outside the city walls. They thought the Syrians were still there. The only way they would know is if the ones who had already eaten told them about it. There are a lot of people today that are afraid 
to venture out into the spiritual or religious chaos. And I think that's a good word for it that exists in our world. So much division, so much conflicting information. Some people just don't want to get involved in that. They don't, they don't want to try to sift through all of that to try to discover what's right. Too confusing, they might say or think. Uh, maybe they think there's just too much greed that churches are just interested in trying to get your money. And there may be a thousand other reasons why people don't want to venture out. And yet they still are starving to death. Because they don't know really where to find the real food. But we know where it is. Because we're eating it. If we don't try to take it to them, they may not eat at all. We live in an age where approaching people with the good news of Jesus is easier than it has probably ever been in the history of the world. Social media? How many of us have Facebook accounts? A lot of us. Twitter? Instagram? If some of you don't know what those are, Google it. If you know what Google is. But don't we, don't, don't we live in an age where communication is so easy? Where we can, where we can use those types of things to reach out to people with the gospel? How many times, how often do we use those platforms to do that? And do we think that perhaps maybe when we stand before God one day, you think God might ask, how did you use these means of communication? That in my providence, I blessed the world with, that, that made the world in a lot of ways a whole lot smaller. Did you try to use that to reach people with the gospel? Or did you only use it to show pictures of what you're eating for dinner? Guilty. Free home Bible study? You know, I, Carrie's always looking for new teachers. It's a way to be involved. It's a way to reach out to people in places all over the world with the message of Jesus Christ to hopefully help others to be able to enjoy the bountiful riches of spiritual food that you partake of every day and that I partake of every day. This is a day of good news. Because this is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 and 2. There is an abundance freely available. We don't have to worry about God running out of spiritual blessings. We don't have to hoard it for ourselves, thinking that if, if we open it up to everybody else, it will run out someday. It's not going to happen with these blessings. There's plenty for all. Have you 
eaten? Or are you one of those who realizes that there's something missing in your life and you just don't know what it is? And you may have tried all kinds of things that have not fulfilled those desires, that have not filled that void in your heart. God can fill that void. If you're ready to let Him do that, then come to Him penitently, trusting in Jesus Christ, ready to confess your faith in Jesus as the Son of God. And if you will allow yourself to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, then your sins will be washed away. And all of those spiritual blessings will be yours to enjoy. I know most of us tonight are in that number who have already eaten. So what about us? Have we been so consumed with filling our own bellies that we can't see the starving masses around us who need what we have? Then let's take a cue from four men whose names we don't know who said, this is a day of good news. Let us go and tell. Indeed. Let us go and tell. If we may pray with you tonight, or if we may help you to complete your obedience to the gospel, we want to give you an opportunity to let us know what your needs are. Let us stand and sing.